Hello, everybody. So maybe you heard the one that was a chat with Casey, or this one's a chat with Scott, right? Same sort of thing. Actually, no, not quite the same sort of thing. The one with Casey, that was about doing... Uh, we were doing top five, and we had a conversation beforehand. That's what that was. This show with Scott um, was recorded a couple of weeks after Netflix released the Marvel Daredevil series. And our intention was, in every way, quite honorably, to do a show about Daredevil on Netflix from Marvel. And uh, we really didn't. It, it really didn't happen. It didn't come close to happening. I, I think we maybe attempt some sort of conversation about Daredevil at some point. But it, it just turned into an hour of rambling. Uh, and so... For your listening pleasure, I present to you this. Now, it look, it just, it exists. It might as well be out there. It's, if you don't like it, you turn it off. Okay, that's that's the best thing I can I can suggest. It's, it's just a thing. It just exists. It doesn't harm anyone. Saying that, I, I don't remember what you said. What we said, maybe we were quite harmful. We 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 anyway. Um, so I'm not I'm not even saying it's not it's not any good. It's just a conversation. I know we talk about Street Hawk and Airwolf and other things like that at one point. So if you like that shit, then Philly boots, you know, it's all there. Anyway, we'll see you in a bit. Bye. What is Etsy? Now Etsy what? is um or right, imagine uh, do, how familiar are you with Cafe Press? Oh, Cafe Press. I know Cafe Press. Yeah, I'm cool mm-hmm. with that. Uh, it's it's similar in that it's a, a storefront, a way online that you can sell things, but rather than, whereas Cafe Press, you can upload a design and they will print it onto an item and send it out. Etsy is a place where you can offer whatever you want, rather like on Cafe Press, but it's stuff that you make yourself and then you ship yourself. Uh, this so is a really awful compare. I don't know why I compared it to Cafe Press well, at all. So basically, it's just a storefront system. Yes. With a kind of... Am I right in thinking there's some sort of social community system built into it? Uh, to a degree, yeah. It's not one that I've explored all that much. But, right. But it is present. I do know that if I want some stickers for my MacBook Pro, I go to Etsy. Yep, that's definitely, definitely a place to go. Um, we got... Uh, Christmas gifts for several people from Etsy. There was a fella who was offering images, not images that he designed, but images that he found. Um, <laughs> and he would, and he would print them onto um, uh, pages from uh, an old Greek encyclopedia. So it's not text that any of us can read because it's all in Greek, which we can't translate. Right. But uh, it it just offers a nice visual to have that image printed onto a full page of text. But you're not distracted by what the text actually says. I so see. It was it was a clever idea, and it gives a nice, almost a vintage look to uh, to some of the printing. Cool. So we got several of those. That's something that can be found on Etsy. People will sell jewelry, um, handmade posters. One thing I see a lot of, and it kind of bothers me, is. Uh, Posters like an eight by ten, uh, an eight by ten image with no frame, yeah, of like 
superhero logos. Like blatant copyright violation stuff. Well, see, that's not what bothers me because I'm going to be doing something very similar. I'm going to be selling superhero logos. But what bothers me is it's it's just the logo itself, not embellished or changed at all. And it's just put on a solid color background. And there it is, offered that for sale. It's somebody's um, just selling printouts, basically. Yeah. And I'm with you. when I see that, that's just, I think it's boring and it's it's uninspired and it's not creative. Yeah, but they offer them cheap, so people will buy it because, well, it it's a it's a a low price poster uh, or a low price download. You can also offer to sell uh, digital downloads that people can then print off themselves. All right, okay. But what I'm going to do, I have at least fourteen of them made already. I have taken a lot of uh, superhero logos, but I've worked them into what I consider to be a very uh, visually creative print. Uh, it it essentially looks like a bolt of lightning or electricity that runs from the top of the print to the bottom, and in the middle is um, uh, like an outline of that superhero logo. It right. almost looks like a like neon tubing. Yeah. So that has a a bright glow to it as it's being electrified, and then I have some extra imagery in the background. Um, it it's a lot more than just a simple hey here's a logo that I printed out. I'm gonna I'm going to sell it to you. No, this is something that I made from the ground up. Yes, I borrowed the logo that someone else designed, but I dressed it up really fancy, and now I'm going to sell it to you. I've been using, cafe, not Cafe Press, Spreadshirt for the Simply Syndicated T-shirts, mm-hmm. and that's been okay. Like I, I like the T-shirts as they've arrived. That's been pretty mm-hmm. good. Um, they're a nice sort of vinyl... It's vinyl print, but it's it's furry. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, got I can't I can't remember what it's called, but it's, uh, it's they're pretty cool. It's it's not fleece. Is, is it flocking? I think it is flocking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. And so it's it's pretty nice. I've actually started to send them to people and stuff. It's uh, it, it's a nice feeling of of what is it? Relief. Yeah. It's relief. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, it's been nearly two years, mm. which is insane. Well, if we had money lying around, uh, not being used for the wedding, then I, of course, would buy one, but we don't. <laughs> well, they're not around to be bought. That's the thing at the moment. Oh, it, it's it's just the shipping at this point, but the um, they're, they're no longer being offered for sale. It's just the shipping. Yeah, that's it. Oh, one, okay. Once I've shipped all the ones people have bought, I'm going to offer more for sale, but I'm not dealing with it then. It will be like either I'll either stick with Spreadshirt or if I don't like the store that I can build, I'll, I'll try Cafe Press. Mm-hmm. And just because then we can do all sorts of stuff, can't we? Then I can just be uploading logos and designs as I think of them and people mm-hmm. can get whatever they want. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, insulated uh, travel coffee mugs, uh, ceramic coffee mugs of various sizes, coasters, mouse pads, hats. Shirts, um, underwear, yes, underwear. I've seen the underwear. It's, yeah, it's definitely there. Pillows, shot glasses, flasks, there were messenger a- bags. The mess- I have a messenger bag here at home that I ordered from Cafe Press. I designed a Babylon 5 image, put it on the bag, ordered it, and then I took that design off the website. So no one else can have the bag but me. <laughs> Good plan. 
I'm actually, just because I typed in Etsy.com while you were talking about it, mm-hmm. I'm actually ordering something off fucking Etsy now. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. It's a MacBook decal. For it goes over the you know the light up apple on the the back. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. It goes over that and it's a translucent thing, so it does the six colors from the old design. Oh okay. Which I think is pretty cool. So it it turns the the modern apple, um, the modern apple light into a a retro yeah Macintosh light yeah. <laughs> I'm about to pay far too much money for that. <laughs> it's clever. It's another upshot of Etsy is that if if you come up with a really clever idea and offer it for sale, then you can charge more than you really ought to and yeah. people will buy it because it is that clever. I think I've actually got an Etsy account. Hmm. Being as much a fan as I, have, I am of um, electronic cigarettes and vaporizers, yeah, are they on there? Um, I, I've done a little bit of a uh, little bit of looking on Etsy for what people have to offer, and some will have you know here's a, a lanyard that you can use to carry yours around your neck, or um, here's a stand that you can use to to hold your supplies in the car. But I looked deep enough, and I found that someone, a, a woodworker on Etsy, had made up a box specifically designed to hold bottles of uh, uh, e-cigarette, like nicotine fluid, flavored yeah. nicotine fluid, and the, the batteries and the tanks hold all your little bits and pieces. And the exterior of the box is nothing but Stargate designs. I, I, do you know what? Sometimes you tell me about stuff, and I, I you're such a geek, Scott. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I I think it's a wonderful thing, but you are, you are just such a geek, aren't you? Oh yeah. Bless you. It's wonderful. <laughs> Don't ever change. I'm not. I'm in no way criticizing you for this. In no <laughs> way at all. It's it's brilliant. But it it's harder and harder to find people my age who uh, have still yet to grow up. <laughs> you you are just much geekier than me, though. Even it's good. It makes me feel better about myself. And that's it's all sorts of things. It's brilliant. It really is. <laughs> damn! Now I've logged into Etsy after resetting my password, and I've lost the damn product. It's not in my cart. Oh, now I need to search MacBook decal. That's probably it. Oh, I don't want the ones that you can get. Ones that go on all the keys. Oh, and no. and. No, everything about it says use this and you will no longer be able to see what any of the keys are. <laughs> and I'm not I'm not up for that so much. Yeah. There are some I'm that not... are just a range of like they do a rainbow pattern and that's not so bad. Mm-hmm. But there's God, there's one that I saw a while ago and then Leo Laporte went and put it on his MacBook. I saw on, on Twitter and it was it confirmed what I'd thought. It was actually each key was a different superhero design logo whatever <laughs> sort of thing and so there was a each key was a picture in its own right and you put mm-hmm. those on you can't see any of the letters on there anymore just forget it so with that i would be torn i would want to have a keyboard that is as geeky as i am 
Yeah. So that would that would work, but I'm not a good enough typist to cover up all my keys like that. Even I'm not. And I mean, I've been... I'm, I'm not in any way a trained typist or anything like that, but I've, you know, I've grew up with a keyboard in front of me. Right. For, at this from, point, at this point, we all have. Yeah, I can, I can type like it's the end going out of fashion. I, I can really go around a, a keyboard, no problem. But there are still times when I'm like, oh, what key is this? And when you have to look down and it's usually for things like uh, shift key things, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I've got to have I've got to be able to see what letters my keys are that's just ridiculous I'm doing it, I'm, I'm shopping on Etsy well brilliant, so far this podcast cost me £4.72 that's brilliant <laughs> that is directly your fault by the way, there's, there's uh, just no way past that, That was that is directly your fault I will play this recording back for Alison when, I, when, it, she, when it arrives and she goes, so how much was that? I go, fiver sorry <laughs> well I, I would, I'll, I'll try to make it up to you when I have my items up on Etsy I'll I'll try to give you a discount it's not the dumbest thing I bought all day don't worry <laughs> I bought a Windows phone today you know yeah I saw that it's it's lovely it's it's really nice well I'm hoping that you have better luck with it than the phone that we bought yesterday what did you buy yesterday well um uh, coming up soon, uh, Nikki is going to be starting a new job that is going to have regular, um, predictable hours. She's going to have a regular shift that she works. And one of the things that this is going to create is a brief span of time uh, for maybe a half hour in the mornings between her leaving home and me getting home. And on the weeks when uh, Beckett is with us, then that's going to be that short amount of time where he's going to be by himself. I, we think he's old enough to handle it, but we want him to have a way to get a hold of someone if he needs to. So we bought him a track phone, okay. a burner phone, basically. Yeah. So we got a ZTE valet. Okay. And it shows up. It's, you know, it is a smartphone. It's very relatively small in, in smartphone uh, terms these days. Uh, we plugged it in. We got it activated, got the whole thing started up. It runs on Android. And, as I try to log into uh, our our personal wireless network, mm-hmm. it brings up the the field to type in the password, and no keyboard comes up. Yeah, no that's going to be a problem right there. Yeah, no matter how hard we try, the keyboard does not show up. We ended up calling tech support, and fighting through the accent, we were able to communicate to the woman, we can't type anything because there's no keyboard. And she at, she takes us through the steps and tap on the text message icon. It's like, uh, yeah, we get it. Compose new message. Uh, yeah, we get it. And she asks if there's a to field and a text field. And we say, yes, we can, we can dial. A keypad comes up for dialing, but no letters come up for a keyboard to type. And the response was a brief pause. And then, well, then your phone is defective. <laughs> yeah. That's why we're calling. (laughs) (laughs) Some people. I don't know what to tell you. So a new phone is on the way. But Nikki has always been hesitant to buy refurbished equipment, and this did not help. Um, Refurbished equipment in general, I would purchase over new equipment. So would I. Uh, I've always had good luck with it. But this one time that she did it, it's a... 
it's not working the way it should. I bet that was a software thing as well. Not I bet you didn't need a new phone. But mm-hmm. if they're sending you one, they're sending you one. That's that's their yeah, problem. I, really, I, I did as much looking as I could, uh, checking forums and reviews and whatnot, looking for a secret to find the keyboard, and it did not appear as though anyone else has had this problem. Right. Um, some people talked about uh, you know third-party apps that you can download for Android that will offer a bigger keyboard or a different keyboard, but I can't open up the Android Marketplace and find it without a keyboard. Yeah, so, cause, and you can't sign in and download something. Right. Damn it. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's you need a new phone. Get a new phone. Yeah. Windows phone's great. Mm-hmm. Well, the, 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 phone, the phone that we got, it was like, Ten dollars for the phone, thirty dollars for the for the airtime card, which gives us, uh, um, I want to say a hundred and eighty minutes text and data. But he's not going to be using a data plan. He's going to be using the Wi-Fi. So, mm. gosh, phones are expensive in America. You guys pay a lot more than we do. You know, is ten dollars expensive for a for a track phone? Let me just do a, co- a quick, a quick comparison. I'm going to turn this bit into kind of a show, you know, because why not? <laughs> why not get two for the price of one? Exactly, exactly. Right, hang on. If I just look at we want pairs you go phones, I can get an LG L20 for twenty nine ninety nine. That's a bit more. That's you paid ten dollars for the phone, didn't you? Mm-hmm. So I need I need to go less than that. Now the cheapest thing I can get that runs what looks is that even Android? I have to it's a Huawei one. And they're banned in America actually. Yeah, I'm I don't think I'm familiar with the with the brand name. Yeah, it's illegal for you to have them. Cause they're it's it's a bizarre thing. They're made in China. Huawei are a Chinese company. And they are partly owned by the Chinese government, as a lot of big things are in in China. Mm-hmm. And the U.S. government has decided that due to recent hacking accusations towards the U.S., uh, the Chinese government, that they would ban their phones in America in case they have some sort of backdoor hacking thing built into them. <laughs> so it's a, they are illegal in the, in the, the U.S., Huh. They were they were they're elite. They're not allowed to use them in government here, for that reason as well. I don't know how founded it is. Um, but that's that's really a thing, and it's not even running Android. It's just a touchscreen phone that has something on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll call the operating system, uh, what uh, Randroid? Yeah, it's it's just not a thing. I don't think. I don't know. It's got a Google search box. The car phone warehouse website's jammed. No, you're right. the cheapest thing that is definitely running Android is that twenty nine ninety nine phone. So actually, no, you've got a phone for less at ten dollars. Mm-hmm. I think it's the airtime that's a lot cheaper. Probably. I don't know. I could get the Lumia four thirty five for twenty five pounds. That's a much better thing. Like Windows Phone. Now, if you were to get a a pay as you go uh, smartphone, where you 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 don't have a, a plan with a service provider like uh, Sprint or Verizon, you, you're just buying the minutes on a card. Basically, yeah, you'll do, pick do a those... network. You'll you'll pick the network that you go with, and they'll all, okay. they all offer different 
levels of service and different deals and that sort of thing. But yeah, you just get a SIM card and put it in your phone. But do those minutes expire? That will depend on the network and the deal that they have on their pay-as-you-go thing. Okay, because I think with uh, with the airtime card that we got, we'll have to buy a new one every, I want to say, three months. Right. Every two, every two to three months, we'll have to buy a new one because they'll expire, which I think is stupid. They, some may, some may cut the phone off if the number isn't used for a long time and recycle the number. There was actually a, a, a news story last week or the week before that an old woman died in a home here because Vodafone had disconnected a phone. Oh. And they tried to make it like, aren't Vodafone evil? And Vodafone said, well, we said we'd disconnect the phone if it wasn't used for three months and it wasn't used for three months. What do you want us to do? Yeah, I yeah. think it's six months on this phone, but but yeah, it's, it's yeah. the same thing. Like we, we didn't pick her and go, she's old and frail, ha ha ha, let's <laughs> cut her phone off. We just we just cut the number. It, no one even did it. There's not even a button that does it. I bet. You know? Yeah, it's it's automatically built into the software. Yeah, I I heard a similar story on. Uh, uh, I think it was the latest episode of uh, NPR's This American Life. A family who lived on their boat. Uh, they were taking their boat on a um, on an ocean crossing trip. Yeah, uh, and while they're out in the middle of the ocean. They, they have, I think, a three-year-old and then, um, you know, a, a young baby. I think less than a year old, which, you know, that that's fine. People live on their boats all the time. And a, a cross-ocean voyage is not all that terribly uncommon. But they just had a string of bad luck. Um, bad weather had uh, knocked the boat onto its side and then back up again. But this caused some structural damage. So the boat was taking on a small amount of water uh, slowly. Uh, some of that water getting in got to the battery compartment and it killed, uh, I think, both of their radios. They had a satellite phone, which they used to contact the Coast Guard just to let them know, hey, we have this situation going on. It's not dire. We're not asking for rescue, but please be advised this is going on. And the Coast Guard said, OK, we'll we'll check on your position. We'll call you back in an hour to give you an update. And within that hour, their satellite phone stopped working because... It was, I, I think it was the SIM card. Right. Um, the the makers of that satellite phone were like changing providers or supporters for that SIM card. They mailed new SIM cards out to everyone's home and then deactivated all the pre-existing cards. Now, keep in mind, satellite phones are for people who don't tend to be at home, but they're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, they are, aren't they? So they had no idea that this change was happening. They had no idea that a card had been mailed to them. They had no idea that their phone was going to get turned off. But less than an hour after they made that important phone call, boom, card deactivated. And now they're stuck without a sat phone. Wow. They eventually did get uh, uh, picked up by the Coast Guard, but um, they had to sync their home. Right. I I see. Do you know what these things happen? I I just think it's one you know one of those like unavoidable sort of things, isn't it? Is that me being too harsh? I I wouldn't I wouldn't think so. Um, to a degree, I I would agree with you, but at the same time, there's a part of me that says, but this sort of thing can be avoided with just a few extra steps. But then you get into the question of should we expect and demand everyone especially large companies to always take those extra steps 
when they are not necessarily obligated to do so. I would have to argue first that if there is a thing that your life depends on, then it's you should be taking responsibility for ensuring that thing will work for as long as you need it to. Mm-hmm. Does that seem re- like if you absolutely have to have that phone and it, you're you are going to die if it doesn't work when you pick it up, then make sure the damn thing works. I check my iPhone is charged. Oh yeah, I I I, I never leave I never leave the house with a, a a phone on a low charge. And if I have to, that's why I keep a charger in my car, which charges it very quickly. So once I even if it's a five minute drive, I'm going to get probably fifteen twenty percent up on my battery. Never go somewhere with the risk of my phone dying. That's no, it, I don't it's, either. It's out of the question. I actually can't remember the last time my phone died when I needed it. I'm beginning to think that that phone might the last phone that died when I needed it might not even have had a color screen. We're going back that that far, you know. The old. Uh... Uh, the old Game Boy style yeah. green and black screen. Yeah, like a Nokia 3110, something like that from <laughs> like 1999 mm-hmm. that probably cost the earth. I can't even remember how much I paid for phones back then. It would have been a lot of money. I remember having a phone like that for a, a brief amount of time. I didn't have it for very long. Then I had to uh, uh, return it because I, I couldn't afford it. I think that was the phone that I got after upgrading from my pager. I never had a pager. I knew one person that had one. They were odd things, weren't they? Just being able to send a message to someone to say, "Give me a call." Mm-hmm. Well, and not even sometimes not even being able to say that, but just sending your your phone number to someone. Yeah. With with the message being, "Give me a call." Now, people having that just for personal use, I felt ashamed to have one because I didn't really need it and I didn't keep it for very long. But in other instances, I can understand it. I, my my father has been working in emergency medicine for my entire life. When I was very young, he would always have a pager on him because if he was either needed at the hospital or needed to drive the ambulance or uh, he was also a volunteer firefighter. So if he was needed to go put out a fire, he would always have the pager. And that's what would alert him before we had cell phones where he could have the whole conversation. And I never understood what that big black box was that he kept on his belt. They were huge, weren't they? Oh, oh, oh God. back then, yes. When you consider what they did, which was, <laughs> you know, this thing was a calculator screen. That, that was it. That's, that's what it did. And that calculator screen displayed a number. And this thing was enormous. It was, it was huge. You, now you would expect one. God, if you built... If I was to build a pager now, it would have to be like a wearable sort of wrist strap thing, I think. <laughs> You you could you could make a pager into into a ring to put on your finger. Yeah, you could, I suppose. You could, couldn't you? At that point, it, it could be done. At this point, it could be done. Whereas when I was younger, I I think back to some of the pagers that my father had, and I think two decks of cards stacked on top of each other. That would be about the size. And I mean, the 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 method of communication we're talking about is essentially as obsolete as Morse code, as sending a telegram. It it's it really is, and it's not that long ago when people had pages. And how annoying! Send someone else a message saying, "Call me." What what a horrible thing to be able to do to someone. That is mm-hmm. that is so open to abuse. 
isn't it? That and now it's just been so replaced by text messages and WhatsApp and Facebook chat and phone calls. Yeah, at first they were replaced by by actual phone calls because you would get a cell phone to have a conversation. And then once that became the norm, then telephone conversation or cell phone conversations became replaced by text messages. The problem with text messages at the beginning was that you could only send them to people on your network. Mm -hmm. At least that was the case here. And then when it opened up so that you could just send them to anyone, then they really started. It really took off. If I if I remember correctly over here, you could freely send them to people on your network and you could send them to people on other networks uh, for a per message fee, probably a dime. Mm -hmm. I might be wrong. Keep in mind, every uh, listeners, that I was late onto the uh, uh, personal portable tech bandwagon. I was one of the last people I knew to get a cell phone. So I was I think the first person I knew to get. No, I wasn't. My my first ever girlfriend had a cell phone. That might have been something that impressed me about her at the time. <laughs> I had had a cell phone for three years before I ever sent or received a text message. That makes sense. They would just weren't set up for that at all. No one expected to be able to send a text message for years. Mm-hmm. And also, I wanted to avoid uh, paying the extra for it because I was broke. How much are text messages now? Uh, well, these days I would assume... I think I just have unlimited text messages. Yeah, well, I know I have unlimited text messages. For anyone with a plan that has a a cap on their messages, I do not know what it costs if you go over. I don't know if it's... You, you pay this this many dollars extra and you get... Excuse me. And you get uh, this many more texts that you can send. I don't know if there's a per message rate for going over. But I've had I've had unlimited text messages for for a couple of years now. I'm just looking to see if I can get online and see how. I think I send less than te- ten text messages a month, though. I think. Oh wow! I think everything goes via Apple Messages or Facebook chat now. Those are th- those are the two main things on my phone. Yeah, Facebook messages are making up more of my uh, messaging volume these days. It's it's not the majority, but I'm using it more than I used to. I mean, the thing is, as an app, I don't have a single issue with it. I think it's a nice, easy-to-use, straightforward app. Mm-hmm. And everyone's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, I can use messages, but the Facebook thing is actually a bit better for people who aren't also on an iPhone. Right. It's odd. You kind of build... I've built up a mental list of people I talk to on Facebook and people I talk to on Messages. And it is that iPhone user divide. And I, I don't know how I've managed to do that. It's it's happened subconsciously, this list build-up thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I I still think Facebook's kind of the winner, though. There's not... No, the, well, it, it has the advantage of um, you, can, you can more easily... Uh, considering how much time people spend on Facebook, uh, it helps for your messaging app to more easily allow you to share Facebook articles and posts and links because that's what people do most of the day anyway. Yeah. Uh, Facebook Messenger makes it easier to directly share images and videos. And I think it just, the, the the visual user interface, I think, is also uh, a little better for Facebook Messenger. 
as far as messages goes, I don't have that divide that, that you mentioned of iPhone users and non-iPhone users. I just make sure to look at the color of the messages when I'm sending it so I know whether or not I have to limit myself to uh, 160 characters or not. It It's one of the odd idiosyncrasies of mine. I refuse to send a text message greater than 160 characters, thus forcing it to be split into two messages. Does that still happen? For, uh, when I'm uh, texting with non-iPhone users, yes, it does. That's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But I, d I don't see that. I think the uh, text messaging on Android is a fucking mess, by the way. It's an absolute mess. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, I kind of want to... I, I bought that Android phone. My intention was at first to build an app. We're, we're a year in, that's not happened. So let's write that one off. Mm -hmm. My other intention was to have an Android phone I could use full time and genuinely have a keep, keep up to what, how Android is, right? And it's got Lollipop on it. It's well up to date. And I fucking hate it. It's, it's, it's awful. But the thing that's putting me off, even giving it like a temporary test as a full-time phone, is the text messaging situation. It's horrendous. First of all, you get 92 different apps installed on the phone that all do the same thing, right? And some companies, like Google themselves, will make several apps that all do the same thing. So there's a Google text message app, and there's Google Hangouts, which sends text messages. And there's the HTC text messaging app on there. And they all, they you've got to just pick one and go with it and they all you know send text but the the hangouts one is atrocious because it's it's supposed to be google's attempt at like apple messenger but you know how on apple if you send a text message to a new person on apple messenger on your phone it will try and send it as an apple message and if it can't it will send it to their phone number as a text mm -hmm. and that's when it comes up as a green bubble well on hangouts if you send a hangout message it just goes to that Hangouts person and it doesn't necessarily land on their phone. Mm -hmm. So it might turn up on a computer or on a tablet or on a different phone or whatever. It never becomes a text message. So that becomes a problem for people with Google accounts who don't use Hangouts. So if I had my Android phone, for example, and I send Alison a Hangouts message, it will go to her as a Hangouts message, and the next time she logs into Gmail on the web, she'll see it. But that's no good. I sent it as a text. It doesn't mm -hmm. show up everywhere because she doesn't have the Hangouts app installed. She just has a Google account. So, right. I'm, you know, you just end up sending messages to people that are just either unnecessarily texts or never turning up. Uh, until it's far too late. It'll yeah. turn up when they eventually log in somewhere. Exactly. So I'm not, I don't want to, that's one thing that's really putting me off. But the concept of Android having Facebook Messenger kind of eases that a bit. Because, you know, that's where most texts come from now, mm -hmm. it seems. I never got into WhatsApp or anything. I've got it on there. And the only person I communicate with is actually my mum. <laughs> believe it or not. Because it's just, I, I... it's better at sending photos to each other than a MMS. Right. Because those cost, like, they're, like, 50 pence each or something stupid. But Oof. a WhatsApp is just free. 
and she's not she doesn't want a facebook account and i won't encourage her to get one right i i am in no rush to convince my mother to uh, join facebook either exactly so i i don't even want to encourage her to sign up just to be able to have an account to go on facebook chat not even that just if she doesn't want one she's she doesn't have to have one that's fine mm -hmm. uh, my mother still still has uh, what is uh, colloquially colloquially referred to as a dumb phone it, it, it's not a smartphone i don't think i don't think it even has a touch screen it's a it's a, a slide out keyboard uh candy bar phone i think my mom would like one of those again actually but ah, she's into email on a phone now so i think she's stuck on smartphones she's still rocking the galaxy s3 I don't even know what my mother has. I know it's an LG of some type, and she got it from my brother because her cell phone is on my brother's family's cell plan. Uh, but my parents still have a landline, so she doesn't tend to use it very often. Do I ever call the landline? No, I don't. I send her a text message because yeah. it's quicker and easier for me. Exactly. I think I might try and get my mom onto this Windows phone. Or I might force her to just. I might just give her this Windows phone when I'm done with it. We'll see. It's nicer than a Galaxy S3. Yeah, sometimes I toy with the idea of getting my mother a smartphone because I know she would be uncomfortable with it for about a month. But then when she figured out how to download uh, solitaire yeah. games onto it, it would become her favorite thing. Mm -hmm. I, I think everybody should have a smartphone. There's no reason not to now. Oh, I, these days, yeah, I agree. The thing is, they're not a phone. They're a computer that you can right. use to make phone calls. Mine is making noises now, and I don't know how to make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two on the desk. My iPhone is obviously silent because there's a little switch, but then there's this Lumia here, and I don't know how I make it shush. I've got a flight mode. That will that would do it, but I don't want to do that, do I? Mm -hmm. Um I'm in settings. That can't be... You can't have to go into settings to turn the ringer off. Oh, just... Right, okay. You press down on the volume button on the side of the phone. <laughs> Wait, they actually they actually made it the direct, straightforward, simple way of just turn it down all the way? Yeah, they, that's what you do. You turn what it down What is this, all the, the 90s? I know. It's like for ages I was trying to figure out how do I fucking tweet from this thing. It's, fucking, it's too hard. Why? Oh, you download the Twitter app. Okay. Just... <laughs> Fine. Okay. Yeah. I was getting, you know, there's, there are solutions to things on here. I'm just a bit slow. It's a new learning curve. I haven't got a clue what I'm doing with it. Well, see, we're, we're still the type who are going to try to make it more complicated than it actually is. Because we refuse to believe it can't be that simple. Just turn it down all the way, please. There's a logo on the status bar now that's like three wavy lines. I haven't got a clue what that means. I will bet you money that it means vibrate. As in, it is in vibrate only. I, I think you're right. Yes. Yes, you're right. That is the same logo that is next to the vibrate on. Th yeah, well done. Thank you. <laughs> that is That is precisely what it is. So now it will just vibrate. The vibration thing is really piss poor. It's quite, it's like, um, it's like the N64 rumble pack. It's just, <laughs> it, it's so slow and like, it can't be asked. The, the, the iPhone 6 uh, vibrator will blow your head off. It's ridiculous. Right. Um, and even it, on the it, HTC. It works almost as well as a, as a ringer. Yeah. The, the vibrate will wake me up. Yeah. 
but, on, when it's on my nightstand. But this one, it's like, oh, okay, I do, uh, whatever. <laughs> just, you can hear it going, well, whatever. <laughs> While it's doing it. It's also in Distress Flare Orange. That's not their name for it. It's my name for it, but <laughs> I feel it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. I'll never lose it, put it that way. And I can use it to land planes. That, that might be useful. Do you want to talk about Daredevil then? The, I, I I think I do. We're going to we're going to make this a two episode episode, right? No, this is just going to be one massive episode. Oh, this is still the same. Okay, same episode. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm cutting down on edit time now. All right. Well, then uh, uh sorry mom for everything that I said if you ever listen to my podcast, which you never do. My mom still says pod thingy. <laughs> 10 years. 10 years I've been doing this. <laughs> never mind. You know, I I am actually including podcaster on um on my business cards that I am design I was designing that uh, a little bit this morning and uh, on the list of uh things I do I'm including uh podcaster on it. You should. It's it's a good thing to do and it says a lot about a person, I think. Going for broke. Exactly. It's it's a good thing. So I wanted to talk about Daredevil because well, in an effort to engage more with this show again, after a period of unwellness, I've been trying to sort of come up with ideas for, you know, almost prearranged topics. And Friday is sort of my movies and television day. Okay. And Netflix is a good thing to go in, because I live in that service, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's It's insane. I think a lot of people are the same, but... I see more, much more Netflix than I do normal television. No, oh, I I don't have normal television anymore. I haven't had cable in m- minimum five years, probably closer to ten. Right, fair enough. So it's just Netflix then. N- well, not not the whole time. I've had Netflix. I've had Netflix account for probably three, maybe four years. I can't think. I think is mine coming up to five years? I don't know. It depends how long they've been. I got it day one of availability. Oh, wow. And now I will not live without it. I absolutely downright refuse. Mm-hmm. I will kick and scream before I give up Netflix. Oh, it's it's wonderful. No, it's uh it's listed amongst the uh, uh the utilities when we look at our bills. You get electricity, phone, Netflix. Yeah, it's up there. And and then all the rest. It's up there. So they make their own stuff and they made Daredevil. And this is a I was squealing with delight throughout the entire series, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. We have Charlie Cox playing uh, Daredevil. Mm-hmm. And it's it's brilliant. Every episode, individually, uh, impressed me more and more. The, I, I think the best way to describe it would be uh, I, was, I was at home. It was, I think it was the morning I had, I work at night and I had gotten home from work not long before. Uh, Nikki had taken uh, her son to school and she had another errand to run and I was going to be going to bed soon. I said, okay, before I go to bed, let me just check out the first few minutes of Daredevil because I I'm, I need to start watching it. I don't have the time right now. Let me just check out the first few minutes so I know what I'm in for. See if there's like a, a cold open before the credits. The next time that I became aware 
of the passage of time, there were five minutes left in the episode. And these are 56-minute episodes. Yeah, they're full hours, aren't they? Just yeah. about. I got sucked in so completely that I didn't even notice the time was going by. I There might have been some point in the middle of the episode where I just resigned myself to the fact that I'm going to watch the whole thing. But I didn't recognize that moment when it happened. From 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 the first scene, I, I fell in completely. It, it does a wonderful job of dragging you in. It really does. And they give you just a, just the right a bit of character development and evolution per episode. Something mm-hmm. always happens. Something will always advance. It, it's, it, was, it, it got me immediately. And I had no connection to Daredevil whatsoever. Everything I know about Daredevil comes from the movie The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I was hoping that I'd get to be the first one to mention it. Ah, being probably the only person that I've ever heard of who has The Trial of the Incredible Hulk on my computer available to watch at any time. Oh, I can't watch it. I'm afraid of it. <laughs> we'll come back to that. It, well, no, uh, let, okay. let's directly address that. I am afraid of this Hulk, right? This bothers me. The Bill Bixby Hulk upsets mm-hmm. me. And it's purely because it upset me as a child. Right. It, well, well, you, you and I discussed this uh, uh, offline uh, several days ago as we were prepping for this, um, that the both of us were scared as children of that Hulk. And I can't remember if we just... Dis- if we discussed what it was about it that scared you, I think I mentioned what it was for me, but, but what was it about you that, that really got under your skin? I I don't know that it was any one particular element. It was the whole thing. Like when he became the Hulk, there was the eyes, mm-hmm. which was quite terrifying. Though that That's what did it for me. I, once when I was a child, I saw Bill Bixby turn toward camera as he did every episode. And he had the contact lenses in, that showed the bright, bright green eyes. That was always the first signal that he was about to transform into the Hulk. I saw that as a child, and I ran from the room, screaming, hysterical. I fled the television Yeah, because of the sight of him and those eyes. Television was scarier in those days. Mm-hmm. It just was. You couldn't do that now, I don't think. But it, And then it would always be in kind of slow motion. And noises and screaming and yelling. And the Hulk isn't a good thing. It's, it's you know, it's bad when he turns into the Hulk. Right. Especially in that particular series. He, he was not treated as, well, this is another one of the heroic characters. In, in the Avengers, he's a hero. And all the kids love him. But back in the Bixby television series, he was a monster. That's what they called him. He was, it, yeah, just... It, it was an uncontrollable force of nature who, as it happens, coincidentally would wreak just the, the right type of havoc to thwart the bad guys and save the day. It was an accident every time. Yeah, it was. Because that Hulk was mindless, and it just so happened that the people angering him the most were the bad guys. But if if the people he that Banner wanted to help were the ones that happened to antagonize the Hulk, they'd be dead. Well, not dead. You can't do that on that type of show back then. They would they would be uh, thrown across the room and vanquished. Yes. Yes, they would. It, it it's, We have to move on. Uh, it's upsetting me. Um, and this is based <laughs> on the, the TV show, which ran, which was 77 to 82. And then they made movies with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Death of the Incredible Hulk. I think I've seen that one as well. Let's see. They had, 
I think it was just three of them. One was The Return of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, I'm looking at the list now. There's, uh, yeah, there's The Incredible Hulk Returns, The Trial of the Incredible Hulk, which is the one with Daredevil in, and then The Death of the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Now, the t- two notes that I always find interesting. As far as The Incredible Hulk Returns, uh, do you happen to, without looking, do you remember what character was the uh, was the guest star in that movie no i don't remember at all the the that that hulk movie was intended to be a backdoor pilot for a new television series thor for thor thor was in the incredible hulk returns right oh yeah there there i see him eric Mm -hmm. alan kramer oh that dude okay yep okay all right and to to link it with daredevil in uh, in the classic uh, 80s comedy Adventures in Babysitting, Vincent D'Onofrio, who plays the Kingpin in, in the Netflix series, played a auto mechanic who one of the young children uh, mistakenly believes is Thor because he has long blonde hair. Absolutely. Yeah, I've, right. I've seen that movie 300 times. <laughs> and let's not forget from the trial of the Incredible Hulk starring Bill Bixby and Rex Smith as Daredevil that we also have the kingpin in that film. Do you remember who played him? I do, but then again, I'm I'm I have seen this, so don't be impressed. But it's John Reese Davis. That's right, Gimli as kingpin. Yes, everyone, Gimli as kingpin. Yeah. Did they shave his head or his beard? No, they didn't. The kingpin, just a big fat balding guy with a beard. And Rex Smith as Matt Murdock, who, of course, I knew best from Street Hawk. <laughs> yeah, man. None of you will remember Street Hawk. Scott does. None of you will. Uh, Street Hawk. Otherwise known as Nightbike. Nightbike, yeah, basically. <laughs> right? You see Night Rider, it's like that, but with a bike. <laughs> that's that's what it is how many episodes are there one season hang on i bet it's not even like a full season there are 13 episodes of street Hulk 13 i knew it i knew it <laughs> yeah and it was just like he had a helmet and that had a voice changing thing and you could buy the helmet i remember there was a toy of the helmet with a voice changer thing in it um oh, wow the bike had a laser on the front of it and a turbo mode, which again, you look at it and you'd think he'd just be killed. He'd just, he'd just be killed. Right, well, he wouldn't necessarily be killed, but he would just be left in the same place as the bike took off without him. Yes, that would pretty much be it. It's just like you can't accelerate that fast on a motorcycle and keep both wheels on the floor and the rider on the back of the bike. That just you'd silly now. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd get bikes with jet engines on the back and shit. But you don't, dear. Because it would be insane. <laughs> can we entitle this episode Street Hawk? Yes, we can. <laughs> and Street Hawk, I remember watching I remember the theme tune. I had the game for the Amstrad. Oh. There was a game. There was a game. And I had the game. <laughs> Uh, uh this 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 uh i think this has just become the best episode of Textport ridge ever thank you and e- even notwithstanding the fact that i said uh can we entitle this episode uh street hawk uh to to, to my fiance i apologize 
I'm going to get an earful later. It should be titled, not entitled. That's improper use of the word. Um, fair enough. Did you know George Clooney screen tested for the role of Jesse in Street Hawk? I did not. It says here Clooney was the the uh, creator's first choice and ABC didn't want him and he ended up guest appearing in the second episode. Now I have to see the second episode of Street Hawk with George Clooney in it. Yeah, oh, I know what I am uh, searching online for. I'm going to do a YouTube search later. Of course, YouTube. It will be on YouTube. Probably. Oh, I bet it is. I'm I'm searching now, man. Just, I'm not... <laughs> So as you are searching for that, I will take this opportunity just to point out that uh, regarding Daredevil, when we got to episode three, that was the point where I was asking if they would uh, rename the series Kingpin. They won't, but... Well, of, cor- of course they won't, but they should. There's lots of Street Hawk on YouTube, by the way. <laughs> Excellent. There's a 40-minute making-of documentary which is going on my television shortly after this recording. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's happening. There's The intro is on there. There's a few scenes. There's actually... I can't find any full episodes. Oh, no. But that's what... I wonder if it's, if it's ever gotten... I have to imagine not, but I find myself wondering if it's ever received a DVD release. I would imagine not. Hang on. That means search Amazon, really, doesn't it? And see what comes up. I'm already halfway there. And speaking of better format releases, Street Hawk the complete Hawk, series. The complete 18... series tw- <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait! It gets better. It gets better. Let's see, because the next thing on the list, as I right, I just searched for Street Hawk on Amazon.co.uk. We will probably have different results because you'll search on Amazon.com. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Street Hawk, the complete series, £18. I can write, that's there. I can get that on Prime. Um, mm-hmm. That's the DVD. Then the next yeah, 20, thing... 25 89 That's about the same-ish. That's about the same. The next thing on my list is Street Hawk, the movie, which I'm willing to bet is probably just the pilot episode. I, yeah, I'm not seeing that on my list at all. Right, that's it's five pound twenty five. It's a DVD, Street Hawk the movie. The cover says it has Christopher Lloyd in it. I I don't know anything about this. And uh, that does not sound familiar to me. So that's on there. But right now, here's where things get serious, because now it's suggesting other TV series to me, available on DVD, that. You, the chances are you might be the only other person in the world who will laugh at these. But I want them now on DVD. Mm-hmm. Auto Man. <laughs> wait, wait, uh, uh, with uh, uh, Desi Arnaz Jr.? Yes. Yes! <laughs> it was the poor man's Tron for television. It was. That is precisely what it was. There is, again, I've just looked up on YouTube. There's some bits there. I think there are like six episodes of this. I'm searching now for that. Auto Man, Desi Arnaz Jr., 1983 television series. Seasons one, obviously. (laughs) Oh, there are 13 episodes. Oh, Um, what a shock. 
and no one's bothered to add a synopsis in uh, IMDb. But so I can I can get that Auto Man the complete series on DVD. This is amazing. I have no <laughs> idea. The next series now. This is this is something very special. I have never in my life found another person who can remember this at all. But we'll we'll see if it's you. Manimal. Oh wait, wait, wait. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna say who starred in it and that's what I'm going to remember because I know that I've heard of the series. I don't know that I've ever seen any of it, but I know of it. Nineteen eighty three, gosh, that's older than I thought. It's Simon McCockendale. Simon McCockendale. That didn't oh, help at maybe all. I, maybe I didn't know who starred in that. I think oh. he's British. He's been yes, he looks like he's British. He's been in Casualty in Holby City. And Wing Commander. Oh, is that the movie? Um, yeah, that's not going to help you at all. Um, I recognised the woman in it, though. What was her name? Melanie Anderson? Ah, right. She was Dale Arden in the Flash Gordon movie. Yeah, uh, yes, yes. Okay. That that was the connection. The premise of Manimal was that he fought crime, but he could change himself into an animal. Mm-hmm. And it would be whatever animal was relevant to solve that particular crime. Conveniently. Yeah. That would that would be what he could do. That was his special power. You never you never saw him trying to solve a crime in the desert and transform into a whale. No, that wouldn't work. That would be mental. There'd be no reason to do that. But he would always he was a man, he was an animal, he was manimal. <laughs> that was really a TV show. And I can buy the complete series of probably 13 episodes on DVD for 14 pounds. See, my Amazon rabbit hole that I went down did not take me to other television series, but still connected with Street Hawk, this is going to be the best. The only other item connected with Street Hawk that I could see on Amazon.com. The Street Hawk paperback. The novelization of what I assume is the pilot episode. Wow. With the front cover of the book being the exact image that they have for the front cover of the DVD. There is no description other than Street Hawk. That's that's it. That That's all they give you. How much money is um, that? Uh, let's see. Um, used copies starting from $4.18 US dollars. Wow. There's zero reviews. Yeah. And when you go down to the bottom, customers who viewed this also viewed Street Hawk, the complete series on DVD. And that's it. (laughs) How does that exist? How is that even in Amazon's database? I find myself thinking that the only reason it says customers who viewed this also viewed Street Hawk, the complete uh, series on DVD is because of me. That's because I viewed I viewed the DVD set and then I viewed this book. That's probably the only connection that it's ever made. Yeah, that might well be the case. That that might well be the case. I had found the movie on Amazon. And yes, it does say Christopher Lloyd across the top. I had no idea he guest starred in what I have to assume is the pilot episode. Um, I recognize the actor on the top of that cover. 
Um, I also see Auto Man down at the bottom. But seeing the cover for Street Hawk the movie, it brought to mind what could be just mashup in uh, in television history. I think we should uh, try to make this into a revival. We have to join together Knight Rider, yeah. Street Hawk, Airwolf, and the Hulk Hogan, Tropic Chris Thunder. Lemon television series, Thunder in Paradise. Thunder in Paradise. What was Tropic Thunder? Oh, that was that film. Thunder in Paradise. I think you're right. This should be a movie that should happen. At the very least, it's going to be a Photoshop mashup that will <laughs> that will be coming out of my computer very soon. Yeah. Gosh. That would be fantastic. Robert Beltran was also in the pilot episode of Street Hawk, along with Christopher Lloyd. I have to get it on DVD now. That's that's just... <laughs> that's a given now. Great. Here, Alison, watch this. If we were married, she'd divorce me. That's That's... <laughs> You know, <laughs> uh, we would get, we've not talked, we've barely talked a bit about Daredevil. Uh, uh, Daredevil, yeah, we, we forgot the name of it. We've been talking about so little. I, I feel a little guilty for how little we've talked about Daredevil, but it's okay. I have no regrets. I have no regrets. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry. So it's about Daredevil, this program. No motorcycles, uh, no. To, no sentient motorcycles to be found. It is completely within the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. Which you would never be able to tell from the look of it. It's very unique in the way it looks. And it, yeah, not, not even just the visual style, even though that's a, a big part of it, but uh, the content. Well, it's this is the first, is it for mature audiences sort of thing? Uh, this one is yes. violent and gross, more so than any of the other stuff they've made before. Oh, absolutely. By, by far. And... In, in addition to that, they freely use uh, the word shit whenever they want. They do. I noticed that it, it was a bit jarring the the one time where they set up a shot and some dialogue where the most natural thing for the person to say would be get on the fucking ground. But he says get on the freaking ground. And it, it really stuck out how, how obvious it was. So that's where that's where we know the line is as far as language goes. Yeah. But that still with what we see in any given episode of daredevil you can't even you can't picture that happening in the avengers or iron man just even for one individual scene in those movies to have some of the content that this show does on a regular basis it, it doesn't fit oh yeah and i i wondered throughout the series if that was um if that was a good thing or if it was a bad thing because to make it so in tone, to make it so different from all the films that already exist, and even the television series that exist in this shared universe, it makes it more difficult to integrate Daredevil with the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Only for kids. Right. Only for kids. We can watch all of it. So they can mm -hmm. put that in there and we'll know. Kids can watch it when they're a bit older. And seriously, don't let your kids watch this. D don't. Don't. There's this bit Don't. where a dude gets his head like smashed in with a car door. It's it's bit, right. It's not like Captain America and stuff. It's dark and and nice in a really mm -hmm. cool yeah. valley. Um, people people die in the Marvel Cinematic uh, films, sure, but it's fairly bloodless. 
it's wartime, so people are getting shot, and they just, uh, and they fall down, and there's maybe a spark when something hits their armor, but that's it. But in Daredevil, how do we know that someone had their head obliterated by a car door? Because you see and hear the the carnage happening. Absolutely. Yeah. It is rather disturbing. It, it, it is. Be prepared to be disturbed with it. But I think it's good, because this stuff is... The comics are a lot more violent than the movie stuff. Mm-hmm. They just are. And and so it's nice to see a lot of that come out in the TV shows. And, and with a character I didn't expect it to happen with. But then clearly I knew nothing about Daredevil. I just know he wasn't as good as Spider-Man. <laughs> right. That, that, now, was, I've read, that was my thing. I've read some Daredevil in the past. Um, I think once upon a time I read the Guardian Devil storyline written by Kevin Smith. I know that I read the first Frank Miller run on Daredevil. I think that was Man Without Fear. And in tone, a lot of it is the same. You can tell that this series borrows a lot from the tone of the Frank Miller comic series. But the expectation that you that you come away with from those comics for this character is definitely shattered to a degree by, by watching this series in, in just this short 13 episode season. I think we saw the characters grow more and we learned more about them than we have in two seasons of agents of shield. Now I haven't seen any episodes of agent agents of shield, so I'll have to take your word for it. Well, I'm about half a season behind because I, I as I did with the first season, I've fallen off the train. So I'm going to have to play catch up. It's not horrible, but it's a perfect example of the differences that you get when you look at a um, a network television series like Agents of Shield and a um, I would consider Netflix to be more of a a goal oriented series. They came up with a story for one season, they made it all at once. It's a thirteen part movie, and then they put it out. Yeah. Whereas with Agents of Shield. I'm sure they have an idea of the story they want to tell in a series, but they have to stretch it out twice as far. And they're also dealing with the limitations of a network television setup, not just in terms of uh, language and content and tone of the story that they can tell, but um, also with uh, script construction. Because on those network shows, you have to build the script around the commercial breaks. Yeah. So when when it breaks and goes to commercial, you need a good, um, you know, an up note, a mini cliffhanger. I'm I'm cribbing from uh, Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman podcast, but it's such a good point that I have to repeat it here. They have to build those scripts to leave you a quote on the edge of your seat going into a commercial break to make sure that you stick around after the advertisements and then continue with the show. Yeah. With these Daredevil episodes, you don't have to do that. You sit down and you don't have to take a breath until the credits roll. So they can set up that script any way that they like. Absolutely. And tell the story as they please. And you can tell that it's it's a benefit to them. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the method of working brings about all kinds of opportunities for the creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that, like you say, it's a 13-hour movie is essentially what you're getting to make. So it, it, it didn't really occur to me but with the ad breaks, but yeah, it, you go straight through 
and they knew that was how it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Now you put it that way, I'm kind of surprised that we still get things like opening uh, credit sequences. Like, why does episode nine need the little intro bit? Uh, of you, you're saying why do they have the the credit sequence and the uh, you know the the red blood wax dripping yeah models on Daredevil? I was wondering that too because I'm never going to watch that again. If, yeah, by the time we got to episode eight, I found myself thinking this doesn't change, so I, I'll sit through it because the music is okay. It's the, it, you know it reminded me of. Uh, Orange is the New Black is the worst offender because the opening credit sequence for that show is about a minute 30. It, oh, it's no. It's really unnecessarily long. And I, I wish that they... I think Netflix have a thing that lets them set a time code to jump to. I feel like that's the thing. I, it's not been every series that I've watched in sequence and it might depend on the platform I was watching it on. But I, I feel like there have been shows where when it's gone to the next one automatically, it's skipped over the opening credits. It, it does that for some, but uh, I think that Netflix has uh, uh, set up that particular feature to not be active on series that has a cold open. Because you notice in Daredevil, there's always a scene that takes place before the credits. Yeah. And they can't cut that out. Of course. And they can't set it up to automatically... Once this, once the show has been running for several minutes, it they can't have it recognize when the credits begin and then jump to when they end. So if it's a series that begins with the opening credits, like um, The Simpsons, Futurama, yeah, um, American, you know, a lot of the animated series will open with the credits and they'll jump straight to the end of that. Yeah, I think now you mention it, it's Family Guy. I'm thinking of, mm-hmm. which would fit in exactly with what you're saying. Yeah, I think Whereas right. with Star Trek, it does not. It will begin at the the teaser and then proceed straight through the credits, which of course I will fast forward through because, of course, as much of a Star Trek fan as I am, there's no need. No, I'm not. I'm not going to sit through the same credits for seven seasons. Exactly. Yeah, I get the feeling we're going to see the X Files intro a lot now. I think about it as well. Have you seen that they've come out in HD? Um, we, season one of the X Files is now available in high definition on Netflix. It, ooh! As of a couple of days ago, it's there right now. I I have not seen that. I I have noticed um, that most of the Star Trek that we're watching, as you know, no surprise, is available in HD. Now I'm enjoying that. There are details of a few season six and seven episodes of Next Generation. That I'm seeing for the first time. Are they on in HD? Yeah, I think all of them. Yes. I'd miss that. If that was really, I need to check this. I'm sorry, I don't doubt you. I just have to see it with my eyes. Mm-hmm. And of course, hang on, am I set up to receive American Netflix right now? I think I might be set to Canada. Damn, I am. I'll see if they have it. If I change that now, it will crash everything. So I'm not going to mess with it. <laughs> Definitely worth it because they, they look a lot crisper. They look a lot better. Well, yeah. We are, I want to say, within 10 episodes of the series finale of Next Generation. And this is Nikki's first viewing. Oh, right. Yeah. And she's doing well with it? 
Mm-hmm. Well, yes. Well, she's still there, so. <laughs> she hasn't made me move out yet, so so that's a good sign. Exactly. Um, she is noticing, as we all have, that uh, the writers started to uh, uh, stumble a little bit in season seven. Yeah, they did it a bit, didn't they? <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. No, you... A Native American story, yet in the 24th century, they're still calling them Indians? Yeah. Really? The, yes. Mm. They, yeah. <laughs> but hey, at, at least we still have yet to get to the episode where the Enterprise becomes sentient and they have to go on a holodeck adventure on the Orient Express. Oh, God, I'd, I'd block that one out. I know, oh, right? Oh, now I remember it. Isn't it horrible? Yeah. I was hoping to never have to return to New Vertiform City, but no, no you're it's going to have it's gonna be happening. Yep. <laughs> All good things will make it all worthwhile. Yeah. I'm, by the way, so I think I've abandoned the idea of this being a show about Daredevil. Okay. <laughs> but I still want to talk about it. Maybe I could set up some sort of roundtable thing and have, because I bet Rick would love to talk about it. If if he has seen it, I'm sure he would, yes. Oh, that's true. He's been excruciating. I'll find some people. Okay. I'll find some people. Maybe Boz. Boz Boz likes things. Yeah, I can't remember if I've ever been on an episode of anything with Boz. Well, then we must do that. Boz is wonderful. You'll get on with Boz a lot. It's it's impossible to not get on with him. And watch, it'll turn out that I have done one episode of something with Boz, and I'm gonna feel, I'm gonna just gonna feel terrible that I forgot. No, no, I I do that all the time. Don't worry. So it, it, we understand. Mm. Have you and I ever been on a podcast before? I th- probably. I, I, I think so, but I don't know which uh, one or anything. I don't, I don't know which one. Hey, Canadian <laughs> Netflix has Watchmen on. <laughs> Ooh. Were you around for all that when I said it was awful and upset everyone? Uh, I I can't remember. I mean, if you had said it and I was around, then I probably would have agreed with you. I never got as much email for anything I've ever said on a show as I did when I said Watchmen was bad. Wow. That really upset some militant psychopaths. <laughs> well, then uh, uh, it must be an unfortunate life that they live to be so wrong all the time because that movie was not good. The movie sucked. That was that was just it. To, to be fair, the movie could have been much worse. But it was by no stretch of the imagination a good movie. That's where I am with it. It it was fucking awful. Sorry, everybody. Nor was it a good adaptation. I don't know. I haven't read them. They're, they're all in the very serious parts of comic book land, and they, I find it a bit too serious, to be honest. I would highly recommend reading Watchmen. Bound together in, in its graphic novel form, it is true. It, it is a masterpiece of, of comic book writing. Um but the film, I don't understand the people who say that it was, you know, such a a wonderful and and accurate adaptation. No, it was not. They changed many many things, uh, not the least of which being the entire climax of the movie. I was just bored. I was just really 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 bored. A lot of it was boring because if you've seen Three Hundred, then you know half of what this movie is, which is people moving really really slow to punch someone. That's pretty much what it was. I think it was just so really, really boring. 
if you're going to show me an action sequence, then show me an action sequence. Make it move fast, make it frenetic, make it uh, high impact, make it visceral, and make it exciting. But when your entire fight scene is in slow motion, guess who's bored? Everyone. Mm. You weren't bored watching Daredevil, were you? No, no, not at all. Not at any point. And we'll save the true discussion of this scene for the, the roundtable that we will eventually have about Daredevil. But that episode two fight scene that everyone is talking about i know that uh, uh jason on atomic trivia war had a lot to say about it but it makes sense because that scene was so impressive seems too weak a word to use for it but that's what i have to use is it was such an impressive scene mm. it was one continuous tracking shot no cuts no cuts in that entire fight scene it makes sense that people would make comparisons to old boy because it is very reminiscent of that uh, hallway fight scene in Old Boy. Yeah, it was. But it was so well done. It really was. It really was. And I, do you know what? I had problems with it at the beginning that I thought you took too long to beat people up like you was crap at it. And what it turned out, I felt, as the series progressed, that, yeah, he was, but he got better at it. Mm-hmm. And so towards the end, the man was nails. It was awesome. It really, I, I enjoyed it a lot. We'll save it for a thing. We'll do a thing. Yes. I'm sure there'll be people who want to talk about it. I'm sure Kevin will as well. So. Ooh, oh, that'll be fun. Have you ever, I am. Have you ever been on a podcast with Kevin? I, I am almost certain I have not. Well, then we can do, we can do this. The, the, the only Atomic Trivia Award uh, host that I've been on a show with is Jason. He and I did a, uh, I think we did an Admiral's Table. Oh, right. Yeah, I think I remember that happening. Mm-hmm. Was I on that one? I think... Uh, you see, I don't maybe. I don't know. I don't know. That might have been a Doctor Who episode. I feel like it was on a Doctor Who roundtable. I might just be making up memories now. <laughs> <laughs> you know... It's the trouble with being on so many podcasts and listening to so many podcasts by the same people that you've done podcasts oh, with. I don't... You can't separate the memories yeah. of what you were involved with and what you just listened to. It's very odd. It is very odd. I'm listening to, you know, four anywhere from four to nine hours of podcasts five nights a week. So That's a lot of podcasts. It's a lot to keep track of. It is. We should bring this one to a close because we've been recording for an hour and a half. Ah, yes, we have. <laughs> so, but thank you for spending time with me and all of that. It's good to talk. And almost talking about Daredevil. We kind of did. I can't call the episode Daredevil. I have to call it Street Hawk now. Because <laughs> we talked far more about Street Hawk. So, <laughs> yes, that makes me happy. <laughs> such is life. But anyway, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll be back with another show of some description in whenever. I'm aiming Monday, but. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll have another podcast out. Oh, yeah. What, I don't know. Have you got any more podcasts out? No. Uh, White Star 5 is going to be... I, I, I suppose at this point you can say that it is on a scheduling hiatus. Ah, yes. It's it's the trouble of me having a third shift job and my co-host having uh, a day job and a family. Sometimes it gets too difficult to make the schedules work. So it has been quite a while since our last episode we are planning to do one more to discuss the rumored plans of a babylon 5 movie and that episode will serve to uh, send us off on um an undefined 
hiatus and we'll see if we can revive the show at some time in the future. Um, it's something we, we would like to do if we can, if we can't, Fair enough. then, you know, we'll, we'll see about something else. I am developing, you may know about this. I'm working in development of a, uh, of a solo podcast on my own and of another, uh, uh, film based podcast with a, uh, filmmaker friend of mine here locally. I do know about this. You were telling me about this. Yeah, basically I was asking you for permission before I started putting them together. <laughs> you don't have my permission, but you have my permission. You know, let's do it. You know, I want to hear that. I will hear that. Yeah, well, if I can if I can get them on the phone, then we'll see about putting that together. Um, the, the solo show, it'll be not all that different from Techsport Rich or back in the, in the days of yore. Um, or do you think that's just bollocks? It's going to be me sitting down at the microphone talking for a while. Uh, doing little to no editing uh, and then release that on hopefully a regular weekly basis. If it's just me, I can make a weekly schedule work. But if I have to, if it's myself and someone else, then it makes it that much more difficult to make the schedules work. Yeah. But if it's just me, I can record whenever and probably make that work as a weekly thing. So we'll see if I can come up with enough uh, coherent thoughts to, string together for 45 minutes of content. Excellent. In the meantime, folks, don't be afraid to go visit www.planetrisecreative.com. Planetrisecreative.com. There's not a whole lot of activity on there, but it is uh, my website where I funnel some of my creative work, uh, Photoshop stuff, uh, some writing, bit of this and that. There's a link on the right-hand side of that website to my uh, Cafe Press store where some of my designs are available on shirts, uh, Cafe Press allows you to use uh, Star Trek um, imagery and symbols and uh, reference material. Really? And sell it legally. Oh, wow. So there are some Star Trek designs available there. One of my favorites, which um, Rick of uh, the Starbase and the 7th Chevron has purchased uh, as a gift, is a coffee mug with the Starfleet Chevron on it. In the middle, instead of the command star or the sciences or engineering symbols in the middle it's a little coffee cup and saucer and is labeled starfleet caffeine division nice on a coffee mug it's one of the favorite uh, products that i've made on that site i'm gonna have to have a look at this you're just costing me money now oh uh, well, well yeah. if it's going if it's going to me i feel less bad about it no i understand that that's that's <laughs> that's fair enough and so do i actually so it's all good right then well I will speak to you later, sir, and uh, right. we'll, we'll discuss stuff. Yes, I, I look forward to the roundtable and a discussion of more uh, bad 1980s uh, science fiction television series that no one has heard about but us. Exactly. It's going to happen. Right. I'll catch you later, sir. Bye-bye.